You are now tuned in to the journey. You walk with me, I walk with you. Together we face life. Hand in hand, side by side. With Jesus, the mastermind. It takes faith, it takes a step to finish a thousand miles. But together, we're in this, and this is called the journey. What's up, everybody? Hope all is well, and welcome back to The Journey with your host, Karen Sion. We thank God for a new week. Today is May 26th and is the 19th episode of The Journey. So this is the last episode for the month of May, and as we know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And we at The Journey have been trying to spread awareness and been honoring this month by going into the lives of those that has faced or that have faced mental health challenges. So on last week's episode, we had Deacon Sam Anderson on to help us honor Mental Health Awareness Month by sharing his mental health journey and how he overcame it by God's grace. I know I saw God's hand and his power in his story, and I hope you did too. So we at The Journey, we just want to thank Deacon Sam for coming onto the show and sharing his journey. May the good Lord bless you. Wherever you are, we pray for more grace and success in all of your ways. On today's episode, we are honoring Mental Health Awareness Month for the last time this season, and today there is no guest. It's just going to be me today, and today's episode, I'm going to share things that I never really shared before. If you listen to last Friday's Quarantine Convo, when we came on live, I shared for about an hour a preview to this episode. This episode is titled Scars of the past. And as I stated on last week's episode of The Journey with Deacon with Deacon Sam, I said that I believe that everybody has experienced some sort of mental challenge in their lives, whether it's a diagnosed case or it's just a feeling or an emotion or a depressive state, anxiety, whatever it may be. Statistics in the United States state that almost half of adults, exactly 46.4%, will experience a mental illness during their lifetime, and half of these begin at age 14. Like I said, for me, I went through some things that shaped me both positively and negatively, and all of these things cause some type of mental agony. So today's episode is just to go a little bit into it and to share how the Lord pulled me out from a depressive state. And like I said, today's episode is called Scars of the Past. If you have been tuning into the show Welcome back, and we thank you for sticking with us all the way through 19 episodes. God richly bless you. But if you're a first-time listener, welcome, and let me tell you a little bit about the show. So The Journey is a Christ-based podcast that focuses on anything and everything that has to do with our lives in this generation, such as education, relationships, health, career choices, but most importantly, how all of these things can be better and will be better if we have Jesus in the center. New episodes drop weekly on Tuesdays at 3 p.m., and you can find the previous episodes on 
Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio. And please and please again, subscribe, okay, so that you can be notified when new episodes drop. So subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Follow and favorite on Spotify and TuneIn Radio. Get ready for our birthday segment, Birthday Best. So this week we had a few birthdays. Happy belated birthday to myself. As you know, my birthday was three days ago and I turned 22. Like I said, as you know, I love birthdays. I dressed up and we had a Zoom birthday party zoom birthday pizza party we ordered pizza and we just had fun we made jokes we laughed we sang songs we played my deacon played piano i sang we listened to music we played bible trivia it was just so so fun and i want to use this opportunity actually to thank everybody that came onto the zoom i really appreciate you all and as i said to you Privately, I ask that God will continue to bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and make his face to turn towards you and give you peace. I love you all and God bless you all. It was really, really fun, guys. And even if quarantine ends next year, God willing, and it's my birthday, I think I would do Zoom all over again. <laughs> Happy belated birthday to Funke. If you're listening, God bless you. Happy birthday to Zaralyn Ortiz, Phoebe Ejapon, Grace Lee Yabua, Margie, um, Marjorie Dukes, Sister Abba, and everybody else you could not mention. God richly bless you. Happy belated birthday to you all. And we pray for God's favor to be in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. So May is ending and I know there are a few birthdays from now till May 31st. So hit us up if your birthday is in this ratio and if your birthday is in June. Because the next episode is, I believe, June 4th? No. No, June 2nd. I think the next episode is June 2nd. So then we'll, we'll celebrate you and we'll shout you out when an episode airs the week after your birthday. Okay? So let's get into today's episode. As I previously stated, the episode is called scars of the past. And I do believe that when we see scars on our bodies, it reminds us of the fact that we went through something or that something hurt us. However, when we look at them, they they don't hurt anymore. So I just want to share, I'm not going to go into too much detail because I went to a lot of detail on Quarantine Convo. And I, f- I will feel for those who have already, who was there at Quarantine Convo, I will feel like you all would find that this, I'm just reiterating things or I'm just repeating myself. But for those who weren't on Instagram Live or for our Instagram-less Listeners, I will not go into too much detail. One day, one day, well, we will, but I just want to brush a little bit about the topic and then we will move on. As I shared, I believe that mental health is, as per Deacon Sam's definition, mental health is the state of your heart and the state of your mind. What you let into your heart and what you let into your mind, as he said on Quarantine Convo, is what determines your mental health. And we established that two people can go through the same thing, but their response to the stimuli or the response to the stimulus will cause them to either have a good mental health state 
or a negative mental health state. So for me, I was bullied since I was in kindergarten all the way to my freshman year in high school. And we hear a lot about bullying. And there are some alarming statistics, which I would like to share with us today. So the Centers of Disease Control or the Centers for Disease Control, the CDC states that almost 45,000 deaths occur from suicide each year. There are about 100 attempts of suicide to every one successful suicide. A little over 14% of students in high school have considered suicide and approximately 7% of them attempt it. Students that are bullied are around two to nine times more likely to consider suicide than non-victims. And a study in Britain found that at least half of suicides among young people are related to bullying. 10 to 14-year-old teen girls are more likely to commit suicide based on this study. And according to ABC News, nearly 30% of students are either victims of bullies or or bullies themselves. And 160,000 kids, I'm going to say that number again, 160,000 kids stay home from school every single day because they're afraid of being bullied. Okay, like I said, I was a victim of bullying for I'll say nine years because from first kindergarten all the way to high school, freshman year in high school, yeah, you could say nine years. And my life was at stake at a point which I will share in this episode, and it was almost ended by a bully. And if someone did not step up to say something, I probably would not be here right now. And I do believe that that person was used by God to save my life, okay? So before I get into my story, I'm going to explain a little bit about what bully is. So this episode is my story as well as how it affected my mental health, as well as what you can do Anybody that's listening, whether you're a parent or you're in high school or you are in elementary school and you are being bullied or you are the bully or you're friends with someone who's being bullied, just listen to the rest of this episode. And I pray that this blesses you in a way and this helps you to understand that bullying is wrong and bullying can end a life and affect somebody's mental state. Okay, so let's let's get into it. So the definition of bullying, according to stopbullying.gov, is aggressive behavior among peers that involves a real or perceived power imbalance. And the different types of bullying are cyberbullying, which occurs online, physical bullying, which is when your kid comes home with bruises on their body, and verbal bullying, being cursed at, being yelled at, being called names. Consequences and effects of being bullied are depression, anxiety, decreased academic achievement, suicide, and sometimes even homicide, just to name a few, okay? So I'm going to get into my story, and let's move on from there. When I got to kindergarten, the school board realized that I was smarter than my age, okay? And they made me take a test, and I skipped a grade. And so I was in kindergarten... For, I don't fully remember the amount of time, but it was a short while. And even then, there was this child that I do remember her, and she would steal things from me. I would come home, and I would get in trouble with my parents, accusing me of losing the expensive 
pencil cases and pencils and utensils that they bought for me, not knowing that it had been stolen. So sidebar, I'll be doing a lot of this today, but sidebar, if your child is coming home with missing items, don't be quick to judge. Don't be quick to accuse and say that you are irresponsible, you are careless, and you keep losing your items. Maybe someone is taking them, and that is also a form of abuse, a form of bullying, okay? So I went to first grade, and they attempted to skip me again, but my parents or the school board, one of them said no, because having a five-year-old in the midst of seven-year-olds is not a good idea. So they just skipped me to the first grade and kept me there. The first graders did not like me because it was like, who is this little girl that came out of nowhere? The kindergartners did not like me because it's like, who do you think you are? They treated me badly. They manipulated me got me into into trouble on purpose and they gave me nasty stuff to eat for the sake of becoming their friends. I vividly remember there was this one little boy who said that if you want to be our friend, you're going to eat the sandwich, okay? And I was like, yeah, yeah, because I was so desperate for friends, so desperate to be liked. And I saw them make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with glue they shaved pencils and put the pencil shavings in the sandwich and some other things that I actually can't remember. I do remember the glue and the pencil shavings, though. And they gave it to me, and I ate it. I was verbally abused and physically beaten at times, all the way until the ninth grade. But it wasn't until the sixth grade that my parents took me seriously when someone actually threatened my life. So in the sixth grade, I had one friend that was kind of popular. She spent a lot of time with me, and it made her best friend jealous. So the best friend, we'll call her D, she never liked me and was one of the bullies. And I believe that she thought I was stealing her best friend, which in retrospect, I might have been. But what made her disdain me for, for the worst was when we were selected for an inter-school spelling bee, I made it to regionals and she really, really hated me. She taunted me every day, but I never took her serious. For me, and from the time I was a child all the way to, I'll probably even say last week, <laughs> but every time somebody hurt me, I always cried and kept it to myself because nobody ever took me seriously. And that's also another thing that is detrimental to one's mental health. When there's so much hurt and so much pain, it can actually cause somebody to enter into depression, which I did for some time, but I thank God that God pulled me out. And I will get into that a little bit later, but back to the sixth grade. So she made up her mind, D made up her mind to bring a knife to school to stab me with it. She hated me so much that she planned to kill me. She purposed in her mind that she was going to take me to the corner of the playground or the jungle gym, pretend to be my friend, then do the deed there. But she made a mistake. Her mistake was telling another little boy in the class, who I will say his name, his name was Jeter Gutierrez. Jeter, wherever you are, if you're listening, God bless you. So Jeter was never really my friend, but he looked out for me. He talked to me when I had no one to talk to. When we'll do group work, um, he would work with me. Nobody wants to work with me. He would work with me. And Jeter was also kind of sickly. He had this illness. I, I don't know if there was a diagnosis, but he had this illness that he would throw up often. So a lot of people weren't too 
like people were fond of him, but nobody wanted to be around him, especially when he had an episode of vomiting, a vomiting episode. So I would be the one to go and be near him. So I guess maybe that's one of the reasons why he he liked me. So Dee told Jeter her plan and he in turn came and told me. But I thought he was playing because at ages, at the time I was 11, the rest of them were probably like 12 or no, I was 10 because that was a sixth grade. So everybody was 11 and 12. I was 10. At that age, in my mind, in my naive mind, at that age, who's thinking about murder? Nobody's thinking about, about murder. I didn't know what was going on. He knew what was going on, but I wasn't taking him seriously because really, who brings a knife to school to murder? That was way before we hear on the news, um, Columbine and the school shootings and all of that. That was way before, that's then, then times. Like I was 10, maybe in two, okay, Columbine happened in 209, but that was around that time, like 208, 209. So I took the step of telling my assistant principal, Ms. Makaleli, if you're listening, God bless you as well, who told the principal. And I'm, I'm giving you guys a short story because I, I went into detail about how I didn't go to lunch that day. I stayed with Ms. Makaleli because I was afraid when it got to a point that Jeter was like serious. But I told the I told her, she told the principal, the security who went to go check her her property, and they they indeed found the sharp butcher knife in her book bag. They called the police, she was arrested, but that was the beginning of my realization that bullying is scary. She went to juvie, she went to juvenile detention and repressed charges, but dropped them eventually. I testified against her and so did Jeter, but I believe my parents were compassionate towards her. And they dropped the charges. I'm not sure if the school dropped the charges or my mom or my dad did. I honestly don't know that part. Maybe I should ask and get back to you with an update. Yeah, they we ended up moving forward and my parents applied for a safety transfer for me to go to a different school. But I just want to say that being a voice is so important because if Jeter had not said anything to me, or if Jeter had kept it to himself, also thinking that D was playing, I probably would have followed D to the jungle gym. And I probably would not be sitting here speaking to you, would not be hearing Karen today. After that situation, my parents took me to a different school. And in that school, the bullying continued. So in my mind, I had to think it wasn't the environment. It wasn't 218, that school that I was attending. Now I'm in medical science and it's still going on. So it's not the school, it's not the people, it's me. So I hated myself. I started to have thoughts of self-loathing and I, I, I thought I wasn't good enough to be accepted or liked by people. I was asking myself all the time, why is it that everywhere that I go, I'm disliked? And like, okay, fine. At home, you know, I was my parents, precious little girl, but they're my, they're my parents. They have to like me. My siblings have to like me because I'm their family. At church, I felt like the kids probably, okay, well, then again, I think I might have also con contributed because it was like I'm this, at, at church at the time, since I was preacher's kid, I was like always, I won't say the golden child, or I, I will always act like I was the golden child. Let me say it like that. So I think also maybe that also contributed to that, to how I felt. I do believe that the kids did not like me there, but they just had to because I was the preacher's kid or the pastor's child. But um, 
they were the closest thing that, things that I had to friends because when I go to school, I would come home every day upset. So in this new school, there will be times where I'll be sitting there and I'll feel something very sharp against my neck. It will be a rubber band. Someone threw a rubber band to me. In science class, a girl poured hot water on the back of my neck. Another time, some kid came and threw all the books off my desk, resulting in a fight. He punched the heck out of me and we both got suspended. It, when I, If I just go through all of these instances and situations, we will never finish today's show because it was just a lot. It was honestly a lot. And I thank God so much because a lot of people go through depression and anxiety and mental health challenges as a result of bullying. But even though I did get into that depressive state, which I said I'm going to talk about, I'm about to talk about that right now. I did get into a depressive state where I thought about taking my own life. But I do believe that there were instances, God sent people my way to pull me out of that state. God sent people and I would hear him and feel him in different ways and different aspects in my life. So like I said, I always ask myself that everywhere I go, I'm disliked. And even when somebody's expressed interest in me, you know, just to be my friend, like I went hard, like I went hard. I will do anything and everything to maintain a friendship. If you became, if you said you wanted to be my friend and you murdered someone, I, I will help you hide the body. Like that's how hard I would go in trying to maintain a friendship. And I always got jealous when someone tried to quote unquote steal my friend. If I saw that my friend was being friends with somebody else, I would get upset because I had always been longing for companionship and friendship and validation from from other people. And when I did try to get it, I, it's, it's like I was I was satisfied. But then when they would take their attention off of me for just one minute, I would get so frantic and get so 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 I, I kind of became kind of stalkerish <laughs> when it came to when it came to friends, but. You, you guys understand where this began. You guys understand how this began. I had very low self-esteem, very, very low self-esteem. I did not know my worth. I did not know I had any value because nobody took time to see value in me. Nobody took time to, to appreciate who I was. And like I said, God sent people my way, which I, I will you know talk about. I'm going all over the place, but guys, this is my story. So just indulge me here. I sought for acceptance from others, and I even contemplated suicide. I was at the brink of suicide, or the brink of committing suicide twice, but God's divine plan saved me, and either someone or something always stopped me from taking my own life. So I remember the first time, I remember at that time I was in the choir at my church in New York, when I used to live in New York, I was in the choir and the music director used to, oh, he used to get on my nerves. And it's like, I felt like I was doing, I was working so hard and doing the work, but I was never being acknowledged. And it just, every time since, since that time, that period of being bullied passed, I wasn't bullied anymore. But every time that someone would sting my ego or someone would sting my pride, I would go right back to 
five years old when I'm eating peanut butter and jelly with glue and pencil shavings. I will go right back to the time where a kid will pull my hair or put pencils in my hair or slap me or push my head down on the table. I will go right back to that little cloud of darkness that I was in for all those years. So even when I, like I said, when I wasn't accepted by people or when something I did, especially when I went hard to do what I was doing and it wasn't acknowledged, I would go back into that little shell. And I remember one day I came back from rehearsal and I remember coming home and nobody acknowledged my presence. I went to the kitchen and there were a lot of dishes. So I was going to watch it, wash it. And this, I remember that my sister had come back from Connecticut. She was working in Connecticut at that time. Her two kids were living with us. So she would come every two weeks to come and see the, the kids. My mom and my dad, they were all in the living room and I went into the kitchen to wash dishes. For three hours, I stood there with a knife in my hand, ready to plunge it in my stomach. And what made me sad the most was that I was in the kitchen for three hours and no one came to say, oh, Karen didn't, Karen went to the kitchen and, and didn't come out. Nobody came to check up on me. So that I do believe was the enemy trying to make me overthink and make me do it. But at the same time too, as a believer at the time, I wasn't, I didn't have a personal, personal relationships with God, but I knew his word or I had heard his word, let me say. And I knew that a person who takes their own life does not go to heaven. So I was standing there, like I said, for three hours grappling with the fact that, do I really want to stay here on this earth and suffer or do I want to end it all and then go and continue suffering? So I was, I was just, I was just standing there in so much pain, crying, crying so hard because this decision I was about to make was either going to end my life as I knew it and make me go into an eternal damnation or I was just going to continue with this life as I knew it and be in pain every day and nobody care about me. I remember at that moment, my phone rang and I will shout him out, Christian Lobby. If you, if wherever you are, if you're listening to this episode, God bless you. And I don't even know if he remembers this day, but I do very vividly. And he called me and when he, when I picked up the phone, he said, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, washing dishes. And he was like, no, what are you doing? So I broke down and I told him that I have a knife in my hand and I want to end, I want to end it today. And he told me, he said a lot of things, but one thing he told me that has stayed in my mind from then till now is that God gives his hardest battles to his toughest soldiers. And I got up, finished washing the dishes, dried my face, and then I walked out into the living room. And after that, I did have another episode where I was in the bathroom and I wanted to use a blade to slash my wrist. But I couldn't bring myself to it because every time I was reminded by the, that thought that if I kill myself, yes, I'm leaving this earth, I'm leaving all the pain and all the sorrow, but I'm going to a place that I'm going to burn forever. I'm going to, I'm never going to see my family again. I'm never going to experience love the way that I really wanted to experience love on the earth. I'm never going to experience that where I go, if I go there. So why not make a change in my life now 
or instead of ending it and going there where I can never come back. So I put the blades down and that was it. And since then, I have not had a suicidal thought in my mind. And like I said, God used Christian to come into my life at that moment to to kind of just pull me out of that dark space I was in. And then also, I had this one teacher who is who was my favorite teacher then and still is, like still to this day, I love him so much. Mr. Oswald Oliveros, if you're listening to this episode, God bless you so much because I do believe that God sent you into my life to be an angel or to pull me out of the deep, dark place I was in. Mr. O sometimes will not let me go to lunch for fear that sometimes I, 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 would, I, would, I, I would tell him about what I was going through with the students. He would not let me go to lunch. He would help me grade paper, who let me help him grade papers. And after lunch, I remember at, at that time, after lunch was his period. So right after, I'll be the first one in class. I'll be sitting down and all. The kids will taunt me all day, day in and day out. But Mr. O always stood up for me. Mr. O, oh, God bless you, Mr. O, honestly. So that's kind of segueing into my PSA to all of us. Like how we can end or stop the the cycle of bullying, you know, look out for the warning signs. I'm speaking to parents of the bullied and parents of the bullies, speaking to friends of the bullied and friends of the bullies. If you are a bully or if you, you are not physically bullying somebody, but you stand by and watch someone get bullied, you're no better yourself. And maka, maka, I said it. If I said it, I said it. And it's true. But look out for the warning signs. Their decreased self-esteem, withdrawal, sadness, lost personal items, changes in mood. These are all signs of someone who's being bullied. If you see these signs, talk to somebody in leadership. If it's, if it's at a school, talk to a counselor or the principal. If you are the parent of the bully or the parent of the bullied, talk to somebody. Just If you see something, say something. You can stop it with your voice when you see it. You can stop the cycle of bullying. Bullying is wrong. Like It's really, really wrong on so many levels because as I shared my experience in being bullied caused me to go into a depressive state, caused me to withdraw into a shell. I did not know myself. I did not love myself. I hated myself. Like I, I, I despised who I was to the point, like I said, of trying to even take my own life. This is what bullying can do to people. It's wrong, but staying quiet is even worse. And like I said, you are just as bad as the bully if you behave as an innocent bystander. So anyone who's listening, for me, I don't stand up for, I don't, I, if I see somebody, I've never, I haven't seen anybody be bullied like that. But if I were ever to see someone be bullied, I would speak up. Because if you've been bullied before, you know how it feels to have no one on your side. So I try to be the one on somebody's side. And someone's life can be saved if you speak up. 
And I know it's possible because I'm still alive. I'm not saying just to speak up to people in authority. Speak to that person. You sometimes becoming that person's friend can save them from a lifetime of hurt. A lot of people who commit these crimes, these school shootings and the stabbings and killing their teachers and killing their the the peers in school is because they were bullied. It's because that they've gotten into a, a place in their lives that they can't they can't do it anymore. They I I can't I can't say so much because I know that last week we heard Deacon Sam's Deacon Sam's story about his was a, a diagnosed mental health illness. For me and for a bunch of people out there, we we struggle with our mental health because we can't be we can't talk to anybody about it. And last last week, me and Deacon Sam were talking about how in our culture, mental health is not something that is properly spoken about. is not is not identified as a problem. And I'm not bashing my parents at all, but. I've come to understand that what they gave me is what they had. Our parents give you what they have. My parents knew how to raise me based on how they were raised. So I can't blame them. But at the same time, too, I've learned that if my child comes home and is upset because I went through it, I can talk to them and I can tell them that, hey, what's going on at school? Listen to them. But I just keep going back and forth just to say that these are external forces that can cause somebody's state to be affected. And bullying is one of them. It's not just bullying, but there's so many other things. But this is my story, how bullying affected my mental health and caused me to be depressed, caused me to be anxious, caused me to kind of want to take my own life. So like I said, this is my story. And this is a very short episode because I didn't want to go into so much detail. I had already recorded this episode, but after Deacon Sam's episode and then Quarantine Convo, I decided to re-record this because I learned so much as to why I felt the way I felt and as to why I was seeking for validation and companionship, even in relationships. Further on into my life, when I got older, it's like, I entered to my first relationship because I finally had someone that I liked that liked me back. And it was like all the the relationships that I entered, I, I've only been in, I'll say three relationships, but two serious ones. And even that I would initiate the things because I was so, I was seeking for love, seeking for companionship, seeking for validation. When the only validation and the only companionship I needed was from God, it was from Jesus and from the Holy Spirit. And I can proudly say that once I got that realization that the only person that I need is Christ, I can tell you that my life has changed. The way I love has changed. The way I see friends has changed because how can I love man if I don't love God? How can I understand relationships if I don't have a relationship with God? So that's what I want to leave us with, that as Deacon said, the word of God is his medicine. And I've, I've recently been, been on a new journey with studying and reading and meditating on God's word. And I can see his love flow so deep in his word. And it's so amazing that a book that was written over 2,000 years ago can affect lives in this way. That's how you know this power in God's word. You know, so I just want to use this opportunity to tell you that the only way to overcome mental health, honestly, 
God uses doctors, God uses medications, he uses psychiatrists and psychologists, but God can heal you out of a mental health state through his love, through his word, through the Holy Spirit, through fellowship, through prayer. And I really thank God that I am still alive to host such an amazing show like The Journey, to be friends with the listeners, to have this amazing platform to share what God has done for me and what God continues to do in my life, to take this journey with you and that we get to see other people's journeys on the journey. And all of that is a result of God's love for me and how he used his word, how he used his love and people he sent my way to pull me out of that deep, dark hole that I was digging myself into. So that is my story, a very condensed portion of the story. I'm going to come back on Quarantine Convo this Friday, God willing, to talk a little bit more about it. We'll get into the details about not just this this part of my life where I was in a depressive state, but also the other part of my life where I got into a depressive state. And this is like one of the hugest testimonies that I have that one day I would share in a better way. But thank you so much for listening to today's episode. This episode was titled Scars of the Past for a reason. And as I said when I started that scars are there to remind you of the pain you went through, but are not there for you to relive the pain. You remember what you went through and you see that you came out stronger. So once again, thank you so much for listening to today's episode with Karen Seal. I am so grateful to God that you all are with us. If you like our show and want to know more, please check out, follow our Instagram page at the journey underscore podcast and stay tuned for our coming website. Also like our Facebook page, The Journey Podcast with Karen Seal. And by God's grace, we are at almost 1,400 likes, and we just want to thank you all for the support and for the love. Please leave us a review on iTunes, rate and review. Once you listen to the podcast, just swipe, go keep scrolling. There are stars. Give us a rating and write your review and Google Podcasts as well. And we just want to update you. So the Journey Podcast Administration, we had a meeting And I am sharing it because we're family. The journey is a family. And we will be ending season one of the journey podcast on July 7th. Okay. It's 7-7-2020. That's the season finale of season one of the journey podcast. We are going to be taking a hiatus and we're going to be getting things ready and revamped for season two, which begins at the end of August. So we are ending in July and we'll be back in August with season two, a newer, fresher version of the Journey podcast. Okay. So we want to thank you all so much for being with us for all these episodes. 7-7-2020 will be our 25th episode, guys. And God has just been so good. He has forgiven us an opportunity like this for us to be able to share our journeys, to do uh, things with 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 you guys. And you guys have been part of the journey, and we're so grateful to you all. We're doing this as well because for season two, we will have different voices, different segments, different, different, just a different thing altogether. Okay, so. We have a few more episodes left. This was episode 20, episode 19. So we have six episodes left before the season 
finale. We are we do want to do a listener's choice episode, so we're going to post a poll on our Instagram and on Karen Sian's Instagram. So we want you to choose one of the episodes that we will air, choose a topic for one of the episodes that we will air. And we'll we'll try to even figure something out to see if we can have a live commentary on that episode, okay? I am so excited. But yeah, so season one of the journey will end on 7-7-2020. Mark your calendars because that day is going to be a blessed, blessed day. Remember, the fastest runner doesn't always win the race. The strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes go hungry, and the skillful are not necessarily wealthy. Those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. It's all decided by God through times and seasons. I love you all. God bless you all. Stay safe, guys, especially with this quarantine. Stay safe. Stay home if you can. Wash your hands. Drink lots of water. Jump rope. Run. Take a bike ride. Exercise. Stay active. And just have a wonderful week. This is called a journey.